Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 9, Episode 3 of The Disturbance in the Kitchen is over, but we're just getting started here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are not above the beep. I am Rob Sister. here's Akiva Winokur. Keeve, how are you? How's it going, Rob? Very good, Keeve. Uh, excited to talk with you about this week's episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Although, full disclosure up front, I did think that this was the weakest of season nine. Yeah, I thought you were going to say either two guys who hate mumbling. Yes. Uh, two guys who have never had fought with sex. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of those. That's it. The rule of, I think you had another one. Well, wait, jokes usually come in threes. Is yeah, that usually it's a rule of three. I'm stalling while I try and think of one. Is that, <laughs> is that what someone's implying here? Right. Uh, well, like two guys who have never disturbed the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who are who are disturbed and often in a kitchen. That's us. And so uh, a lot to talk about here in this episode uh, featuring Elizabeth Banks coming on as uh, Larry's new love interest, Salman Rushdie, as well. Do you think Elizabeth Banks stays on for multiple episodes? Uh, oh, let's get let's get right to a tweet from a, a Mike Bloom type because he asks a question similar to yours. He says, "Rank who is most likely to appear in another episode this season?" This will be confusing for someone who only listens to the podcast and doesn't watch the episodes because we haven't discussed anything yet. But the Damon Wayans cop, Susie's little sister, Elizabeth Banks, or the vague restaurant manager? Hmm. Which of those four is likely to show up again? <sighs> I feel like. Uh... Uh, I kind of feel like that the Elizabeth Banks thing we got an ending to the story. Yeah. I feel like that maybe the little sister I think is the most likely of the four. We're so sort of attuned to the whole Seinfeld universe where like we know oh they have to like shoehorn Jerry breaking up with his girlfriend or, or George's girlfriend breaking up with him or Elaine at the end of the episode to sort of denote like okay this relationship will not be part of next mm-hmm. week's episode. Yeah. So we see that in the kitchen right when she when she's cursing out Elvin Elvid. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that I think that signifies the end of the relationship. So if not for that, I'd say Elizabeth Banks. But I don't think we'll see the vague restaurant manager again. Susie's little sister. The problem is that she had so little to do in this episode. We saw her for two seconds. Yeah, but at least she's established as part of uh, Jeff and Susie's house. And, you know, I wonder if the actress who played their daughter is either they didn't recast her or that she's just not in the show. Uh, and I wonder. But remember, if it- she's getting married. I do wonder if. Uh, if a later episode this season is going to involve the wedding. Yeah. Okay. So maybe she's going to be another player that's going to be involved in that coming up later on in the season. How you been this week, Keeve? I've been great. Um, you know, I, uh, I, a tough sports week for me. Why? What are you talking about? The Nationals loss? Yeah. Well, the Nationals lost, but you know, the, the Jets had a horrible loss. I love soccer and the men's national team. Yeah. Missed the, I've really like been petitioning today for, uh, you know what the NIT is, right? Yes. March Madness. The NIT. Yes. Uh, fun fact, when my grandfather was at CCNY, City College in New York in 1951, uh, his his college, when he was a senior, won the NCAA tournament, and then they went and won the NIT. They they entered both, and they won both. Only team ever. Wow. Um, anyway, they, they I want the U.S. men's soccer team to play in like an NIT of soccer tournaments with like all the other good countries that missed the World Cup, like the Netherlands and Chile. Yeah. Keith, I can't believe you're still reveling in this soccer loss. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very upset about it. And you know what it is? Because I love the World Cup. I look forward to it. It's every four years. It's not like the Jets at least miss the playoffs every season. You know, the Mets never win the World Series, but at least there's like, we'll get them next year. But here it's four years. So it's eight years. 
But then like the next World Cup is in Qatar and they're doing it like a year later. So there's nothing for like a zillion years. Mm -hmm. So so it's over. I'm going to be 40 at the next World Cup. (laughs) So will we have another Kirby Enthusiasm season or another World Cup first? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say a 10th, you know, I, I, I was puzzled this week online, Darren Rovell tweeted about, uh, a, a pro a charity prize package where you could, you could bid on a guest appearance on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and it's for season 10 and it mentions there's no guarantee that there will be a season 10. Okay. So I, I wrote and, uh, there's no uh, guarantee there'll be another world cup, you know? Right. Well, that's true. Right. The world could be over. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Like if North Korea wins the World Cup by like nuking everybody or something. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Um, so I so like I, the fact that they're that they're offering that, like they had to call somebody at Curb and they said, yeah, we'll give away a guest spot. So it, it to me, it has to it has to at least imply that they're considering a 10th season. Any word on like ratings or anything like that? I know we get like Game of Thrones. You know, I haven't checked. That's a good question. Maybe for next week. HBO doesn't you know, you don't see a lot of like HBO ratings. But you do get the uh, Game of Thrones uh, airings. Uh, yeah, only because they're like cartoonishly big, right? right. Like most they're bragging. You, you don't like what are the ratings of the deuce? You know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe they're great. Maybe they're bad. <laughs> Right. All right. So uh, let's get into talking about uh, this episode. And I have to say, I feel like that this episode started really well. And I I feel like that for me, it ends up going off the cliff somewhere along the way. And I'd love to sort of try to pinpoint why. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we start off with Larry and Jeff. They are out in the restaurant and there's a disturbance in the kitchen and the maitre d' comes out and talks about it. The maitre d' character never. Am I using the right terminology? Is that the right nomenclature for this guy? Yeah, I think so. Manager. I think this is the maitre d'. Yeah. He never quite gives them an answer. And I feel like that we never get a satisfactory answer as to what the disturbance in the kitchen ultimately is. There is a disturbance in the kitchen that Larry causes at the end of the episode. But unless Larry David has like some sort of a Stargate time travel portal that he could not have been the original disturbance in the kitchen. But what a twist that would be. Yeah, I'm on board with you. I think there needed to be a funnier reason for the, you know, all the disturbances in the kitchen. Not right. just Larry having a disturbance in the kitchen at the end. Right. Did you feel like that Larry was especially a psychopath in this episode? I do think the tone in season has been a little different. I saw a, a conversation between a couple uh, like Hollywood writers slash people who have done a little directing who were going back and forth uh, about Curb. One of them, I think, was Weiger from the Doughboys. I forget who the other one was. And they were just saying one of the one, some other guy said to him, like, uh, did you notice that like Curb is spending a lot more money this year? They did like a shot, a full shot of his mansion which was a crane shot. And I don't notice these types of things. Whereas normally they just do a very cheap, like, cause it's documentary style, right? They do a cheap, like very brief mm-hmm. shot of the door. They're spending, they're just spending a lot of money. Um, this guy seemed right. to think they should just give it to charity and not, uh, not, not wasted on like long, you know, wider shots for your enthusiasm. I mean, th- th- this is the most insane thing I've ever heard of that. Now we're going to nitpick shows of why did they do that shot and not give the money to charity? No, no oh. he was joking. The point was the, the point was uh, they were they were saying that, like, 
it's curb was like sort of a low budget no fill show and for whatever reason they're bringing it back and sort of trying to make it fancier which is probably one of the reasons like we discussed last week why these episodes are all over 30 that's minutes that's fine that but i'm talking about that larry's actual behavior to me uh you know especially in the restaurant where he's really just on the warpath for no apparent reason mm-hmm. even last week in the hotel uh in the courtroom in this episode that he seems to be as but isn't he he's 70 now isn't there's the sign of someone getting older to act a little more erratically sometimes well, is, i mean is larry do we need to worry about uncle larry here I, I i just think it's not it's it's not out of character for someone to who who didn't give a blank to begin with like to start getting a little older and to really just chuck it all you know like uh, why was he so invested in the disturbance in the kitchen that he ended up becoming belligerent in like they, 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 he has he, no stakes in we these have nine things. seasons of him being like really fixated on very minor details though it's not so out of character I guess it's not so out of character but for that I, I just thought that maybe the show has not done a great job of giving Larry a reason to be this worked up oh, okay I mean that's not that's not a it's not a dumb observation okay so that there is a disturbance in the kitchen and and again that if it was nothing why doesn't the guy ever say what it is and why does this kitchen have so many disturbances yeah i don't know and why does he keep going back to a restaurant where they have nightmare experiences yeah i mean is there a rat in the kitchen maybe that's what it is but again like that would be fine at the end if it was like rat infested like that might be a funny answer and somehow tie into something Mm-hmm. Right. If there was something going on, but we just never got an answer to that. And I just don't feel like that the maitre d' not giving up this information to me, just it, that there wasn't enough there. I agree. I agree. I, I found the maitre d', I think the actor did a good job because he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But I found the character so annoying because they just didn't give you anything. Right. We just didn't really get an explanation as to as to why, where then Larry asked him, what color is your tie? And he wouldn't even answer what color his tie was. But that's setting up that him actually defending Larry at the end by not not giving the, the cop any information. So what is this guy is like a, a mental patient, the matriarch that just he just can't answer. I th- a question? You know what I noticed? I've said this to people before. The craziest people like there's always like, let's say you have you're, you're in school and there's a class of 50 or 100 or 200, like the one or two craziest people, like the one of the ways you know that they're crazy is they don't answer direct questions. I know a couple of people right. like this, like they will not answer direct questions. Not that they can't. They refuse to for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a great sign of a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a crazy person. OK, so Larry ends up going into the kitchen to find out what the answer is. Why was there a disturbance in the kitchen? And he ends up getting into a, you know, really big argument with the cook. Uh, yeah. So the cook is Steve Renazisi. Did you watch the league? Yeah. Uh, now, he is the guy who famously got in trouble for yeah. making up Infamously. a 9-11 story. Correct. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to let him. What? Let that's, 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 we, we can't talk about that. Uh, we can talk about it. Um, I was going to I was going to low on him. Yeah. But anyway, the connection is uh, all the, the credits for every for the writing for every episode this season have been Larry plus Jeff Schaefer. And he's the creator mm-hmm. of the league. So maybe we'll have more league people as the season goes on. OK. Yeah. And so Larry ends up coming up with this analogy about how if there was like a loud sound at your house and you asked your wife what it was, wouldn't you be mad if she couldn't tell you? And they are getting uh, very upset over who is the child and who is the parent in this analogy. Mm-hmm. I will say with with Ranazisi, it's very transparent if you pay attention to this stuff. But like when somebody like accidentally says something racist or gets milkshake ducked on Twitter. 
It's, you know, they, they, they take their time unless you're, let's say Kathy Griffin. And then you go like immediately and you don't take, go away for like six months. But usually what your publicist will tell you to do is like, go away for six months and then we'll go on, you'll go on the podcast and you'll apologize. You go on Mark Marin if you're famous enough or something. And then, so like, this is the beginning of his comeback, right? right? He went on roast battle and he got destroyed last year. Uh, and he went on new girl once. And now this is other than those two appearances. This is only appearance in the last few years since he got busted for the nine 11 stuff. Um, so, yeah. Did you say if you get milkshake ducked? Oh, you don't know about milkshake duck? No. What's milkshake duck? Rob, see, you know how I always complain that you follow like 3,500 people on Twitter? The wrong people? Yeah. No, it's you, too many people. So you don't know things like milkshake. Milkshake duck is, by the way, write in now before I explain it and let, let me know for next week if you, when you're listening, if you know what milkshake duck is before I explain it. Um, is it milkshake duck like D-U-C-T, like duct tape? No, duck. You get milkshake duck, and then I'm, I'm adding the... So it's in, an internet slang term referring to representation of a viral internet star who was briefly adored by the public only to the uh, be discovered that they had an offensive past. Oh. The best example is Ken Bone. Yeah, Ken Bone. Okay? See, if you called it said Ken Bone, sure. Yeah, you get Ken Bone. Right. The, and the tweet is, the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely, milk, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Then five seconds later... We regret to inform you that milkshake duck is racist. So it's, you know, you think someone's good and then and then they get what is the origin of that? Um, the, the origin is a tweet from from a year ago about milkshake duck. Um, but, you know, Ken Bowen, I think, is is clearly the most famous of the milkshake, milkshake duck ducks. was a person or a Twitter account. It, no, it was, a guy tweeted this joke and that just became the name. It was a concept that I guess existed, but now it, they put a name to it by. You know, this is, I believe, post Ken Bone, but Ken Bone is clearly the number one all time milkshake. Type. OK, got it. Although I kind of feel like that Ken Bone, uh, for the most part, uh, people have, still have a pretty high opinion of him. Yeah, no, I think he he escaped. A lot of people don't know about it. Again, he he did a lot of like Chewbacca small bad mom, things, I think, got it worse than Ken Bone. Did, why did she have a lot of bad stuff in her past? <laughs> she had bad stuff in her past, but then she started like making videos about like, uh, you know, some some sort of. She started weighing in on a lot of social issues, and then uh, oh, people yeah, we don't need that from you, I do think the uh, yeah, I, I don't think we. Uh, I, I think like uh, you know what it is. It's the exposed party. It's like Rob exposed party, Raymond right, exposed right, party. Right, right. That's that you know that's what that's what the milkshake duck is. Okay, all right. So uh, there you go. All right. So Larry and Jeff end up walking out of the restaurant. Keeve, I I was a little bit <laughs> there was a disturbance in my kitchen. Did Larry and Jeff pay a check here? They just seemed to walk out of the restaurant. Well, had they had any food yet? Again, they had. They had like, to have maybe, ordered a drink. They, they had drinking right, water. They had to have ordered a drink. Right. Yeah. It's it, it, it doesn't. I looked at the table. It didn't seem like they had anything on the table, but. It's a good question. I mean, I think if you are walking out of a restaurant, I think that uh, you should at least because of the, you know, yet the, the waiter was uh, helping you. The waitress was helping you. I think you should at least leave a tip for the person, for the server. No. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, like they have a right to be mad if they've really been there for such a long time. But yeah, I'm on your side. Okay. Here. All right. Bad news over at Susie's house. Her little sister has gone missing, Keeve. Yeah. So, uh, this is this is a little sister as in the Big Brother program. Were you ever a Big Brother up? No. I was almost on Big Brother. I mean, you yeah. have you have younger siblings. Though. Right. Right. But I feel like if you have younger siblings, that counts. Then then you don't need to be bro- Big Brother. If you're an only child or if you're the baby in the family, yeah. then you want to be the Big Brother. And meanwhile, at the house, uh, Ted Danson and Cheryl are there. 
and uh, that Larry is in the disguise and then uh, Ted Danson introduces himself. And I loved Larry's delivery of it's me, a-hole. Yeah, which also answers the question we were debating last week, which is, did they recognize No, they that? did not, you, but you thought they did. They did uh, Cheryl did place him at the hotel. And so... Yes, they remembered him because he's so goofy looking. <laughs> that is funny. I do think Cheryl's like astute enough to have, to you know, normally to catch Larry, but I guess it's a great disguise. Yeah. So Cheryl ends up asking Ted Danson to get her some seltzer water tea and of course, Larry really keys in on the T. He doesn't like that little pet name for Ted Danson. Yeah, that's it's rough to hear. You know, it's 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 rough to hear your wife or your ex-wife, uh, you know, give someone else a pet name. Right. Does anybody call you a? No, I was going to start calling you R at the beginning of this episode, but I forgot to. I feel like that T no, would be an insane name is a nickname. T is weird. Certain letters work. B, if your name is like Brian, B is a good name. Uh, Craig, C is okay. But mm-hmm. certain letters don't work. Yeah. If your name is like Kovanjane, I don't know if Q is great. I guess Q Q's is pretty great. good. Q, no, Q yeah, is Q's great. great. Yeah. So anyway, Larry says, you never called me L. You never called me D. You could have called me Elvid. Uh, so what do you think Elvid is short for? Because I was thinking, like, is it LVD? But Larry in real life's middle name is Gene. It's not V. It's not like Larry, you know, Veronica David or anything. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what does he mean by Elvid? Um, so I guess maybe did he shorten the last half of David and the first letter of Larry? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Elvid, Larry David, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. So, Elvid will come back later on the episode. I like when Susie shuts it down. Look, nobody cares about your stupid nicknames. We need to go look for my little sister. Uh, Larry says maybe she's at a boyfriend's house. Uh, Susie says she doesn't have a boyfriend. And so, uh, Susie ends up playing this dance video for Larry and says, look at her. And did you, did he, if you thought Sammy was talented at her age, I loved it when Larry was like, no. I don't think she was. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> that was great. I do think some of the Susie scenes here feel rushed. And and also the scene, you know, all the stuff with the the little sister. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't establish who she is. They, they say like you only you've just met her, but we didn't. I, I like was something cut. Something had to have been cut there or maybe because they're improving. Sometimes they forget to mention something that they should have. But it just seemed like it seemed like we didn't get a hundred percent of a full story there. Uh, what about the little sister? About the little sister, and what does that mean? You you just like how'd she move in with you, and why? Little sisters usually like you hang out with them once a week and take them to the park, right, or a movie. Yeah, it does seem like that there was a beat that was missing. Maybe it was something that was cut from one of the earlier episodes, maybe from the premiere. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Or a storyline that was cut from this episode uh, also. You know, this is a uh, longer runtime. Uh, Susie wants to form a search party. Uh, what does Larry say? What is this, like 1870 Oklahoma? Yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was really odd. So Ted Danson has a new Tesla. And so Larry says, I'm going to take the search party and I'm going to take your Tesla, Ted Danson. Not even with Ted Danson. I'm just going to take your car and go drive it around. Uh, I, you know what it is? Ted Danson has the, you know, I'm, uh, uh, dr- you know, I'm not going to say driving, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, with your ex-wife. <laughs> so you could drive my car. Okay, fine. So that they're even then. 
This is like guilt from Ted Danson, then. Sean. It's 100% guilt. Yeah. Ted Danson cannot say no to this car question. Okay. So Larry David is driving around in the Tesla. You would think that uh, Larry, as one of sort of like the pioneers of having the uh, Prius, you would think that he would have been on, more on top of the Tesla. Yeah. It, I like, is he too fancy to have a Tesla? Does he, like, what kind of car does Larry drive this season? I haven't even noticed. Uh, I don't know. I thought that Nassim Pedrad said she recognized his car at one point, but I don't remember what car he specifically had. Yeah. I think we only saw him from inside it. I don't know if we saw it outside right. the car. All right. I'm not a big car guy, if you didn't no, know. Also. I knew that. And so Larry ends up behind the cop car, and then he does the courtesy beep to police officer uh, Damon Wayans, Jr. Jr. Yes. Damon Wayans, Jr. And so uh, Damon Wayans, Jr. is uh, not happy with Larry. He doesn't like the beep. Uh, not Yeah. Was that a happy endings pun? No. Why, why is that? Okay. Suppo- That's the show he's he's best known for. Happy endings. Yeah, but what did I say? That was happy endings, Pete. He's not happy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Larry's going to meet a bad ending. I don't know. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and he was the new guy that had to uh, get a ticket from him. So you knew that he was a new girl. I didn't even know that. Well, that he was, and then uh, he ended up. Uh, Did they kill him off? No, they just based, they that they, uh, they had a different they added a different guy. But then and he came back to it. It was it was weird. It was almost like they recast. Did he get milkshake ducked? No, no, not milkshake duck. Did he get Aaron Hazed? Uh, what is when you get Aaron Hazed? That's the uh, the, the new King of Queens show that wrote off the no, old wife and well, put in Leia Ramini. But no, it, not necessarily. They sort of they they wrote him out, but then they brought him back as well at some point. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. So Susan Ross? No, because they again they did not kill off his character. They just moved moved him out, and then they replaced him on the show. So he got so it's a new thing. He got Damon Wayans Jr. <laughs> yeah, I think that the thing was that I don't think that they thought Happy Endings was going to get renewed, and then it did. Oh, and he okay. already had signed on with the new girl, and then they. Uh, you know my happy? Did you watch Happy Endings no. or no? My Happy Endings take I, I've said it a few times is uh, the, if the lead. It didn't have like a douchey beard if they had had a better uh, lead. I think sounds, show this still sounds familiar. Today. This sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've yeah. said it before. I, but listen, we're using all our old takes on this yeah, show. Yeah, it's new to somebody, right? Mm, yeah, it's a, the, you know, it's a hot take if you've never heard it before. Okay. All right. So what do you think about Larry here with the police officer? Um, I think the police officer is uh, a little too aggressive here. I think, you know, a honk. Can you really be arrested for honking? I think that they could spin it. They could spin it in, you know, any sort of way of like that, you know, just like the I'll have you in contempt. I I, I think that they could uh, basically, you know, at at that point, you really are at the mercy of the uh, officer making the stop. Yeah, you got to be deferential to the police officer. But, I, I, you know, I, I think that the, the horn, one hunk on the horn, I don't think it's going to get you uh, in that much trouble usually. Yeah. And so did you notice anything that was off with the horn when Larry did it? Obviously, when Ted Danson does it later on in the episode, you notice it. But did Larry's honk seem out of line? No, a lo- like a, on the loudish side, but nothing like, you know, he, it's not like he, you know, bashed his head onto the uh, onto the horn for 10 seconds. Like it's a pretty standard honk. Yeah. So Damon Wayans says that he is above the beep. Larry says nobody is above the beep. He will be protesting this ticket in court. Yes, I will see you in court. Okay. so back at Larry's house, him and Leon are planning a poker game and they've been stood up. Do we have any sense of who was supposed to show up at the poker game? No, I didn't like that. Also, give us a like tell even make up fake names. The problem is like you normally. Oh, it was Funkhauser. It was Richard Lewis. But it's like all people that were like at his house, like uh, like and Richard Lewis hasn't been at his house yet this season. 
but probably will right. be at some point. So I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't make like make up fake names and maybe you like it's ru- I don't know if there's like union rules on using someone who's not in the episode or anything, mm-hmm. but like it does, or, or if it would be considered rude, you know, because you're like, oh, you're being too cheap to pay them. It's just weird to not to not like say who it is. Right. There's no stakes. And then it's like, oh, five seconds later, they also cancel golf. We didn't know they were golfing like it's a little, you know, it's sometimes when they're improving too much, which seems to be happening this season. Uh, it, it, they're just like throwing stuff at the wall. OK, uh, we find out something that I was pretty sure was going to have a big payoff in this episode, but then does not that SWAT hates it when people mumble. And Larry ultimately uh, does sort of mutter something under his breath about uh, SWAT who gets upset, but no big payoff to this in this episode. OK, Let's let's place our bets here, Rob. Yeah. Does does the SWAT mumble thing come into play in a big way at some point in the next seven episodes? <sighs> I mean, because if it was just that scene, it's a really poor setup. It's a really bad setup. Uh, again, based on are what they we know. setting things up in every episode for episode 10? Because after episode one, we thought, hey, are we going to see more of the annoying assistant that he foisted onto onto Susie? Are we going to see more of the lesbian wedding? You know, we mentioned Susie's daughter making a wedding. That might be fun. If Larry ruins Susie's daughter's wedding. And Susie has a meltdown. Right. There. But it's one thing to sort of like introduce characters in one episode or but it's like if we end up having, let's say, where uh, Funkhauser comes over in the next episode and he mumbles and then SWAT kicks his ass. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that going to be like some great payoff? I mean, it would have probably have to be the end of an episode at this point, like Curb's classic, yeah. like, you know, driving to the end of the big end of an episode. Uh, I just think if that's all we have, uh, it's annoying. Yeah, I think it was just a means to an end here. You're probably right, because last episode we found out that SWAT has like very particular food tastes. And so, you know, we're just I don't know what we're setting up with SWAT, but maybe we're setting up with something with SWAT. Is he a sleeper cell? Is he like on the Fatwa side? And we already had an episode end with SWAT uh, storming into a room. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't got much out of SWAT yet. Okay. SWAT's SWAT's. SWAT's a value over replacement. Uh, yeah, SWAT he's in is, the uh, running is, for LVP for this season. That's right. LVP. Not Elvid. Yeah. <laughs> so we also get established here that Larry is looking for his Dr. Strangelove glasses. Akiva, have you seen that movie? No, I've heard of it, though. It's a Hitchcock movie. I don't think so. Dr. Strangelove? I thought it was a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Wasn't there a bad fielder named Dr. Strangelove <laughs> in baseball? Right. Uh, yes, it was. And uh, yeah, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, Kubrick. Kubrick. Not. Oh, okay. Not same, same, uh, same, like, uh, type of classic guy. Yeah, I thought there was a Dr. Strangelove. Oh, yeah. Dick Stewart was an infielder, first baseman. Yeah. Was such a bad, an erratic fielder. Dr. Strangelove. Great nickname, by the way. Great nickname. Much better than Elvid. NT. Yeah. Who. Yeah, we could. I feel like, uh, the, you know, there's a couple of guys I'd like to nickname Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who? On, uh, on, like we could. Well, Daniel Murphy could be Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, I have a different nickname for him. Yeah. OK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Larry says there's only one person that can help him. And we're sort of left with this mystery of who could it be? And Larry goes off to go find and seek out Salman Rushdie. I think they thought this would be like a really big deal. And it's cool. But I think it and we discussed are we going to have Salman Rushdie on the on the show, I think, in week one. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't think it's it's he's not recognizable by face to, you know, even the way Elizabeth Banks is. So I think that's sort of like the fact that we have to sort of mansplain like that Salman Rushdie's in the room tempers it a little bit. How does Salman Rushdie have such a nice house? Like his house was like five times nicer than Larry's. Uh, you don't think he got palimony from his uh, ex-wife? Why? Who's his ex-wife? 
Padma Lakshmi. Okay. Uh, Antonio Mazzaro writes in and says, uh, was the entire fight with sex appeal joke that we're going to get to in a minute? Was it Larry's laugh at uh, Rushdie for being married to Padma, which is one of the all time great coverage out kicks? Hmm. Yeah. Um, possibly. Yeah. No, I, I, I he, I mean, he's a normal looking guy. Padma Lakshmi is like ludicrously good looking. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I have a... Uh, you don't have a picture in your head no, of Padma Lakshmi? No, what, what, well, what's she famous for? She's the host of Top Chef. You've never seen Top Chef? No. Uh, yeah, she won Google. the Best First Book Award at the 1999 Gorman World Cookbook Awards. Yeah, who could forget those? <laughs> yeah. So I do think that the Salman Rushdie piece, though, it, it's long. We spent a lot of time with Salman Rushdie. I, I do think that this is the the best stuff in the episode, though. Yeah, it's cool to have him. I think it's a big deal. Like in the con, like you'd think maybe this would be a you know either episode one or episode ten type thing, but it's cool that he's showing up here, right? And uh, you know, because he gets Larry to like, ditch the disguise. He basically says yeah. "f it," and he's trying to tell Larry about the upside of the fatwa. And he says, first off, fatwa sex is the best sex there is. Uh, and you know, we've heard this seems very Seinfeld. See, it does seem very Seinfeldy. I mean, that I according to Seinfeld. Seinfeld, I feel like, was it conjugal visit sex was the best sex? Yeah, that was a big one. Or was it makeup sex? Uh, I think conjugal visit ultimately beat makeup. Can we rank the uh, the, the best sexes that there is? Yeah, we'll, have, we'll both have to get back okay, to well, it. So yeah. what, what's in the running here? Fatwa sex, then conjugal yeah. visit sex, uh-huh. and then makeup then sex? Like, yeah, how about like, uh, I just came back from overseas. I was like in, like did three tours in Fallujah. Okay. <laughs> that, I feel uh, like that's a good one. Okay, so uh, what would you call that one? Uh, post-war post-war now we're getting into non-seinfeld curb uh sex oh i didn't know i didn't know that that we were we were you know we had to stay in the what about in the canon of the show right i didn't know we were staying in the canon of the show yeah i mean Uh, right so i like we get into like electric chair sex (laughs) uh that's not the hashtag for this episode no um no okay so what else do we have besides we have makeup we have conjugal visit Mm -hmm. we have um uh, at work with the secretary <laughs> under the desk works well I like it. that's on the clock sex yeah yeah that's pretty that's you know that's up there for sure uh we have like only have one sponge left <laughs> yes yeah, so sponge worthy sex all right so maybe yeah, we, we can get that. to this in a mailbag okay fine someone write in and really rank uh, uh, like amir maybe has a job for next week right Okay, so uh, yeah, Fatwa sex is great, and then they basically decide to go out to eat and go to the restaurant, and then I like it when Larry's out in the restaurant and it, like everybody's like staring at him. Yeah, which is I think normal. Like probably when Larry goes to the restaurant, he gets stared at. So when we're saying like how famous is Larry, maybe he's catching up to real life Larry fame. Yeah, and then we spend some time with Salman Rushdie talking about who is going to play Salman Rushdie that Larry pitches Jason Alexander. Uh, Salman Rushdie thinks he should go with Hugh Jackman. I like that Salman Rushdie said that Hugh Jackman is a triple threat. Yeah, I I also like Larry really laughs him out of the building here. It's a little too aggressive. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, he also talks about the excuses that are built into the fatwa. And Larry says it's like the fatwa life of Riley. And this is where Elizabeth Banks comes in as she sends a drink to Larry's table. Yeah, looks like water almost. Mm -hmm. So Larry and uh, Salman Rushdie end up going over to talk to Elizabeth Banks and her friend uh, that they call themselves uh, the Fatwa Boys. And uh, again, there's another disturbance in the kitchen here. And the manager is again explaining it. 
And Elizabeth Banks is uh, is unfazed. She's nonplussed. She doesn't really uh, she doesn't the same way Larry wants a super explanation. She's fine with, OK, it was just a disturbance. We'll get back in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, again, this you know speaks to the lack of resolution on the kitchen storyline. Yeah, we get we do it three times and really nothing comes of it. Yeah. All right. So we go back to see Susie and Jeff and Larry explains about Elizabeth Banks and how she's interested in him because he's dangerous. And Larry is looking for his Dr. Strangelove glasses at their house. Uh, Jeff is looking for his Cubs hat that we hear about that for the first time. And I do feel like that. I I get it that Larry doesn't care and, you know, uh, really is uh, not necessarily the nicest guy. I did feel like that Larry was a little mean with talking about the lack of concern for Susie's little sister here. I do. I I, I really liked his sort of levels of of space that things take up in his head. Mm -hmm. I love that rant. Right. That the sunglasses are in front. And now what's going to be in front with it? Is it going to be the little sister? Right. Or is it going to be the Cubs hat? Right. I mean that. But because I think we all have that, right? We all have that. Sure. But I mean, we're talking about like Susie seems concerned that this uh, this, you know, 15 year old girl could be dead like that's And Larry, uh, maybe too much is trivializing this. True. But they did say she's probably at the girlfriend's house and Susie was kind of made to look like an idiot even before we know that she's at, you know, she's wrong. When when she's like, yeah, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Like, why would she assume that? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think the show is really setting us up to think that she's in any peril. Yeah. Ultimately, Larry. Like, why isn't the police involved? I mean, I guess the police is involved, right? They bring her back. Yeah. But like, there's no, you know, they have money. There's no like insane search party around the neighborhood or anything. Mm-hmm. So Ted Danson ends up coming back to the house and Larry explains that the horn got him a ticket in the car and he needs to be careful with that horn. Yeah. A Ted without Cheryl here. Yes. Did something happen? No, I think you just like it's just availability. Ted Danson is a pretty solid guy that he is just uh, what he's like just stopping by to see Susie and Jeff or he's still on the hunt. Listen, this is this is I'm sleeping with your ex-wife guilt. He's not solid. But who is he being guilty to? He feels guilty to, you know, like the universe that he's doing something bad. But he, how did he know Larry was going to be there? I mean, he's coming over to Jeff and Susie's house. You also said before, like, I thought you were OK with this mm-hmm. when, when with the nickname stuff. Like, we never established that Larry was OK <laughs> with it. Larry hates this. OK. All right. So we finally see Larry in court. Uh, we have a transition. Larry says he's going to fight the ticket in court. Uh, Larry in court is out of control. Yeah, this scene is is just crazy. And uh, Alan Seppenwall pointed out there's no stakes in this scene. Like Larry's risking two hundred seventy five dollars. Like, why do we care as the viewer? Right. Um, to me, that the, yeah, there's some issues there where Larry in just two episodes ago was national news that he was everywhere after the fatwa thing on Jimmy Kimmel. If this was real life, that courtroom would have been packed with TMZ and all these journalists and it would have closed down completely. Right. And, And there would have been Larry carrying on in the courtroom would have been tied into this fatwa story. The New York Post yeah. would have had in the you know one of the top articles on the app would have said yeah. you know crazy Larry David is uh you know ends up with a racist tirade in court. Mm, yep. Yep. So. Uh- I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I don't know why this, you know, if Larry was important enough to be national news for the fatwa, I don't know why this case wasn't covered uh, more by the media. 
Yeah. Or closed courtroom because for, you know, for security purposes. Right. And then also on top of this, Akiva, I couldn't help but thinking back to our recent rewatch of the Seinfeld finale, where we said, why is the core four acting so crazy in court? And here's Larry David acting a, a fool in the courtroom. Yeah, that's his thing, I guess. His 20th anniversary. So he's, uh, you know, he's he's remembering the finale. I think. It's just such a goofy scene. You could really have cut this entire scene and lost nothing. It doesn't tie into anything from the rest of the episode. Right. And I do feel like that they wasted Damon Wayans here in this role. I mean, Damon Wayans is a hilarious guy. Did he do anything funny? He's playing the straight man, basically, at least till the last scene. And even the last scene. Yeah, he's not doing anything funny. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like actors who like are such big fans of Larry or Curb. They're like, yeah, I'll I'll do anything. I'll play, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, like people used to say with South Park, I'll play like a cat. I don't care. I'll, you know, I'll do anything. I just want to be on the show. I mean, I think it it's hard like a little bit of that. to be the police officer and not because I mean, with, uh, you know, you, Larry is always going to be big and you, you know, can't really, you know, uh, like, you know, if you're going to have it be believable, you're a police officer. You can't just be like a lunatic ranting at him. Right. But yeah, he didn't have a lot to do here. The judge was good. Yeah. The judge was very good. Uh, yeah. The judge did a really good job. That's a good point. <laughs> judge was excellent again but why is larry giving a uh, hard candy to the, the judge, judge? drop yeah, yeah that's crazy <laughs> can't even take it it's probably considered a bribe <laughs> right um when larry is comparing himself to uh rosa parks and jackie robinson i mean is is larry is larry know what he's doing there is he just now he's oblivious i think this is crazy old man larry <laughs> yeah I'm worried about Larry. Yeah, I know. We're going to see if his mind goes as the rest of season nine takes place. Okay. So Larry has to pay the fine. And again, there's no sort of they did not like throw the book at him or anything like he had to do community service or anything like that. He doesn't get into more trouble. Yeah. Again, like, you know, like you said, there's no there's no stakes. It's just, you know, it's just a goofy scene for no purpose. OK. Uh, Ted Danson in the Tesla. He ends up at the stoplight and he does the courtesy beep uh, too loud. Ted Danson, T's going to get uh, KO'd here. Yeah, I, I think some of the scenes, especially in the last two episodes, have been a little predictable. Mm-hmm. Like you could see what's coming from 10 miles away. We're not really being, uh, you know, they're foisting these scenes on us. They're not really surprising mm-hmm. us at the end. Okay, so Larry ends up bringing over Elizabeth Banks to Susie's house. And Elizabeth Banks is comparing the, Susie's lost little sister to Elizabeth Banks's uh, cat that died or ran away. Died. Yeah. Uh, poor Mr. Mr. Noodle. Noodle. Do you know where a cat is now? Who? Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you're not a Sesame Street guy. Uh, yeah. No, well, but they should. I mean, Mr. Noodle is like the Dread Pirate Roberts on Sesame Street. What does that mean? They, they just like keep bringing in new Mr. Noodles. Yeah. Well, also, I think when he's not available, they just say it's Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. That's what I was saying. I don't think that's his real brother. Just have, you know. I know. But in the show, in the canon of the show. It's very confusing. I'm very confused. I'm not paying attention to the plot that closely, Keith. It's the best part of Sesame Street, Mr. Noodle. <laughs> My kids don't like him. Don't like Mr. Noodle. No, they don't like Sesame. They don't Street. like Mr. Noodle. I say my my younger kids uh, don't watch Sesame Street. Yeah, in in the like the post TV era, they're you know they used to like just turn it on every yeah, morning. Too many Man, people. They should just they should get rid of all the people in Sesame Street. Go all Muppets and just have monsters. Yeah. All Muppets. All Muppets. I mean, they also need more Elmo. There's only like 12 minutes of Elmo. You need like 58 minutes of Elmo. Yeah. He's he's you know he's the star of the show. <laughs> Okay, so Elizabeth Banks also very insensitive to Susie in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she listen, she's dating Larry. So I think you take on his traits when you date. Him. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, Cheryl never took Pretty, on his traits. I mean, she wasn't a great person, but yeah. 
I mean, she was better than Elizabeth Banks is here. That's true. Yeah, she is kind of a monster, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. I mean, she really was terrible to... Uh, you right, she says flesh and blood. She says not your flesh and blood. Yeah, it's just, why uh, is she so horrible to Susie? I mean, Susie did not antagonize Elizabeth Banks. Maybe she's trying to impress Larry. Is that it? Is that what it is? I mean, is there something to like, oh, Elizabeth Banks is actually a terrible person. That's why she's attracted to Larry while he is under the fatwa. I'm not sure. It's a, it's definitely a theory. Mm-hmm. Would you recognize Elizabeth Banks if you saw her on the street before this episode? Um, I, th- I, th- I feel like she's really famous, but not really recognizable. Elizabeth Banks, and again, uh, I know we've teased the idea of doing uh, IMD bags at some point. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is one that... She, when you say teased, you mean promised, right? Right. She's somebody with a really weird career, I feel like, that she uh-huh. is in a lot of things... But if you were going to find the thing that she's the most famous for, mm-hmm. it, there's not really anything that it's like that that was her vehicle. Right. Right. She's in the Wet Hot American Summer. She's been in a million things. A million things. Yeah. Very long IMDb. And she had a very a long run on 30 Rock. And uh, yeah. I mean, that if you go to her IMDb page, it says she's known for the Lego movie, uh, the mm-hmm. Hunger Games, Zach and Mary make a porno and the 40 year old virgin. And I don't She's think Mary. Yeah. Yeah. I think 40 year old virgin is her most famous role. And at this point, that's 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's in the Spider-Man movies also. Right. But she's not the lead in those. No, she's not. Well, she's not Spider-Man. That's for sure. Right. So there's very few things that she does that she is like. But well, I think now she's a director like she she directed Pitch Perfect 2 and she's directing Charlie's Angels. Mm hmm. Right. So she just had a weird career. I agree. I'm 100. She's never been nominated for an Oscar. And she's kind of like one of the more famous people like, you know, that uh, she's never been nominated for an Oscar, never won an Emmy. It's kind of like, uh, is she uh, overrated? What's what is her value over replacement action? <laughs> I don't know. She's uh, like a little bit of like if she was in the NBA, she's like a sixth man. Uh, like she's not like a starter ever on any team, yeah. but she's like a, a very valuable piece off the bench and a lot of things. I agree. And uh, she's lovely in this, you know, it, like maybe the act, the character is not the uh, the best but yeah she never never even come close to an award she's never bad in anything no she's good yeah give her a shot give her a shot she's like wilmer flores of actresses yeah hollywood give give elizabeth banks a zillionaire uh you know person who has like millions of followers give her a shot for come the first on time. come on don't hold her back all right so then but she but she is horrible to Susie. yeah she's terrible okay all right the cop car shows up uh it's little sister uh yeah oh we we do we even know her name we know her name right but it's like uh it, it it's barely said during the show yeah is it katie i think it's katie yeah yeah katie and she's the little sister and she is wearing larry's sunglasses yeah you know what they should have shown her in the first in the first episode they should have established that she exists to really right gives us something to care about this episode and then larry and Susie are fighting over who's gonna get in for that hug larry wants to get his sunglasses but again that there's a, no big reveal with the uh, little sister. You know, we don't find out, oh, she was actually like living in the kitchen at the restaurant and was the person right. causing the disturbances. That's a good. There you go. You just solved the episode. She was like, uh, you know, that uh, dancing in the like the, uh, you know, upstairs from the the kitchen or, you know, better when they came up with. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, she did have a boyfriend. She was at her boyfriend's house. Yeah. You know, so um, it just like it was just it was a storyline that it was like she's in danger. She's missing. We don't know where she is. And then we just didn't uh, have a uh, payoff to that. Mm -hmm. And then Jeff's Cubs hat is on the roof like Walter White's pizza. How did that get up there? 
not clear. And we also don't re- like. Can you even tell this is the cop car? I didn't even notice it was the cop car till uh, right till you know till the cop was mad about. I it. mean, I knew it was when they dropped the rake on it that I was like, oh, okay, well, it must be the the police car. Otherwise, who cares? But how did the cup's hat get on the roof? Did it blow up there? Was there a strong breeze and it blew off Jeff's head onto the roof? I bet Susie hated it and threw it up there so he wouldn't find it. Like Walter White with the pizza. Yeah. So then Larry is going to get a rake and knock. I mean, Elizabeth Banks uh, is very easily impressed. She's like, don't do it. You have to call the fire department, Larry. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty lazy of Elizabeth. She should be doing this herself. Larry's seven years old. You're 42. Right. Maybe she was worried about that Larry is actually feeble and might have fallen off the ladder. What can she do? She can't go up a three step ladder. (laughs) It's too dangerous. I guess. Yeah. And so they drop the rake. Pitch Perfect Five. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when Larry says to Elizabeth Banks, let's get the F out of here. Uh, yeah, no, I like that they're running here. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Okay. So Larry ends up talking to Elizabeth Banks. They go back to this, you know, the one restaurant in all of Los Angeles. And Larry has an idea for the app, which basically is that you make a big dinner. You can call somebody to come in and wash your dishes. Keep you in or you out on the dishwasher app okay i'm incredibly in washing dishes is the bane of my life we don't have a dishwasher and it's it's a nightmare first of all so if you have if you're kosher you need two right so even if you have one you're like you could you know it has to be for the meat or the dairy Mm -hmm. anyway um he doesn't one of the reasons why this episode is so sloppy he didn't give it a name Yes. Like, how could you pitch this idea and not tell That's us where the name we come of the app in. Is. What's the name of the app? Now, I should have spent the whole day thinking about it, but I did not spend even a second thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a name? No, I do not. But it should, it'll be like like Disher without the E. OK, I got it. I got it. What? Scrubber. But the U-B-E-R at the end are capitalized. Oh, so it's like Uber. It's it's it is Uber for dishes and we're calling it Scrubber. But one B. And the U-B-E-R capitalized. So S-C-R, lowercase, capital U-B-E-R. But people aren't going to call it Scruber? Because I feel like that when you call it Scruber, I mean, it sounds uh-huh. like it's something yeah. totally different. Listen, it, it feel like that's an app that would get more people using it. So I don't care. <laughs> Keith, that in this scenario yeah. where yeah. you're on a date. So do you want to add the second B? I don't know. Well, we might need to because you're on a date and uh, you say to her like, hey, should we call Scruber? You're getting slapped in the face. She's walking right out. Yeah, at first. But then when it gets some name recognition, <laughs> you're, you know, I, I just want to tell you that if this existed, I would use it every single night. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you are very close. You're very close. I do. I do think you need the second B. OK, so we could do it. But then it's like sort of in the logo. It's small, so you can't really see it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So uh, I like it, though. I like it. Scruber. OK, Scruber. <laughs> so she's not into it she doesn't elizabeth banks doesn't like this idea yeah she doesn't want someone in the house yeah and she also like is implying that they're going to get up to some uh you know uh you know hanky panky and then and like it's going to be weird to have this guy in the house if something's happening can i pitch you on something for this episode yeah let's do it should elizabeth banks not have been elizabeth banks does this work any better if she's just uh you know attractive woman who's not elizabeth banks uh, why i don't I, I just don't know if it's a huge difference i think they're like they're trying to go like we said the first you know in the first episode this year like big guest stars every single week right. we're getting somebody okay like next week though brian cranston is on he's not going to play brian cranston he's playing larry's therapist right that's okay. tricky because brian cranston is in the curb universe okay so why as uh a, a actor well, Seinfeld yeah. universe. Um, but 
was one we haven't gotten to this yet but this the 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 ending scene pivots on elizabeth banks is a bad actress so we again you said she's never sniffed an award but mm-hmm. that there's no way elizabeth banks is a bad actress that she is no, una- not a bad actress unable I'd to say above average it okay uh so it makes no sense why she can't act at the end of the episode uh also Elizabeth Banks is somebody with uh, success and money and, uh, you know, is an accredited uh, director. I can't imagine that she's attracted to danger in the way that she would be attracted to Larry David in the Fatwa. You don't, you don't know. know. We're gonna, in, the, in the mailbag, we're going to get into who she's married to, but he's a pretty dangerous sounding guy. Okay. Uh, and then also on top Wrote of it, fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks is also a horrible person to Susie in this episode, which we, I, yeah. I don't really understand why actress Elizabeth Banks is a horrible person. And I feel like that if Elizabeth Banks was just a uh, a normal person, she, maybe she's very nice in real life. And this is her going the opposite direction. I, I just feel like that you could have that, that. OK, oh, here's an attractive woman who's attracted to Larry because and, and then she could have had some backstory. More than he's, he's landing celebrities. Larry could land. Uh, 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 you know, a pretty woman. He's landing celebrities now. I do think that's raising the stakes a little bit. Yeah, but are c- celebrity women are attracted to danger? I mean, th- that's what some. Uh, I mean, like who? I mean, I don't know. What do I know about celebrity women? I don't even know about n- non-celebrity. Women. I feel like that's that uh, that the idea, like the or you would think that uh, you know, a celebrity woman is attracted to people that are sort of like bigger, you know, celebrities. Uh, that's sort of like part of like the culture of celebrity. Whereas I feel like that you know a you know. The, the the idea of a woman looking for the bad boy doesn't necessarily mean that celebrity women are specifically looking for a bad boy. I hear you. I, I, your pitch isn't terrible, but I think that I have no problem. I don't think it changes the episode drastically either way, if she's playing herself or just a pretty woman. Yeah, because there was nothing to be gained out of her being Elizabeth Banks other than them saying like, hey, look, Elizabeth Banks. Right. Yeah. And then for her, it's like her name is being said in the episode rather than people like looking through the credits or if they happen to know who she is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is when the police officer comes in. And so that Larry and Elizabeth Banks, uh, they uh, go and scurry off and try to work on their story to tell the police officer. The maitre d' uh, can't give the police officer a straight answer. Yeah, he's he's holding them up. You sort of think they're going to get away because he's he's kind of holding up the cop. But, uh, you know, it, they just gives them a couple minutes to buy buy time to tell their story and get it straight. Okay. And then ultimately, the police officer is going to come over and Elizabeth Banks suddenly cannot act or be able to even you know tell a convincing story yeah this scene seems too improved and like that it was done in like four minutes mm-hmm. again because it's somebody a lot, of the, a lot of the scenes of this episode it's like oh we have one time for one take i think it's hard for somebody who is good at acting to act like they're bad at acting yeah that's what you think it is if she was really good at acting she would be able to be terrible at acting in the scene. <laughs> well, maybe that's a limitation. Well, that's why we said she's above average, but she's not, you know, an award winner. Right. And so the police officer ends up uh, then. What is he doing? He's taking them to jail. What is it? What's going on here? Yeah, I guess he's being arrested for damaging he's probably property. Going back to this yeah. judge. It's going to, you know, it'll be done with. I doubt it even gets mentioned. It, it maybe gets a one second off at the uh, beginning of the next episode. Boy. I doubt it gets mentioned, though. I mean, will this make TMZ? Elizabeth Banks with Fatwa Larry oh, David. Yeah. yeah, I think the manager calls it in. Yeah. And he's very vague about it, but they figure it I mean, out. And this would be a big story. This would be a big story. Okay. Uh, and then ultimately the episode ends again on characters we've never seen before being told there's a disturbance in the kitchen. Shouldn't it be someone we've seen before? 
even if it's like the guy who beat up Ted Danson or Ted and, you know, or uh, Jeff Ted and Susie or, or yeah, Jeff and Susie. What about the, the little sister and her boyfriend? Like anybody? Yeah. I, I mean, it There's was so many options. Uh, it, it, it was it was confusing to me why we don't we don't know who this okay. is. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we were g- very positive of the first two weeks of Kirby Enthusiasm. But I just feel like there mm-hmm. were look, there were were there funny moments to be had? Absolutely. But I just felt like that. Yeah, not a disaster. Yeah, I still laugh. Like I laugh more during a bad episode of Curb than any other show. Right. It's just that ultimately uh, that there was a lot of things that were sort of brought up here that uh, did not get paid off. Uh, yeah, I concur. OK. All right. Keith, uh, what do we do here? We, now we, ra- we Episode rating, episode zero to ten. Okay. Again, zero now we were debating list. last week about, uh, so uh, that you, now you're saying, okay, well, I'll give it uh, an eight because it was better than uh, that episode of Young Sheldon that was people on last People were mad night. with your grade. I think, I think people thought you went too low. It was too low? No. Well, I am rating it on the, 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 from the scale of the worst Kirby Enthusiasm episode ever to the best Kirby Enthusiasm episode ever. Okay, fine. Okay. All right. So it's that's yeah, it's a curve, but it's a it's a tough curve because it's a curve curve. OK. All right. So do you want to hear my rating? Yeah, of course. I will give it a four out of ten. Oh, my goodness. First of all, rookie score. You're giving whole numbers this is lunacy. <laughs> no, I'm just decisive. I'm not uh, willy nilly with. Uh, OK, I'll give it a uh, to me. Below a six is don't watch mm-hmm. to me. A six is. Well, so why? I, would you me, not, not watch an episode watch. of the show? Like, I mean, that, that your your grading yeah, no, is ludicrous theory, to me. Like, there wasn't one funny thing that happened. I would be like, OK, I'll skip this one. I mean, if it wasn't podcasting about it. So to me, this is just a you it's would not skip a don't watch. this if you weren't podcasting it. No, I if it's below a six, I'm not giving it below a six. Yeah, it's a six point one five. zero. OK, so you give it a six point one five zero. You can't you have to go That's two integers away from the decimal point. That's right. It wasn't quite a 6.2. It wasn't a 6.2, but it was definitely better than a 6.1, which is getting too close to don't watch territory. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, curb at postshowrecaps.com. You got to be quick with these emails uh, to get them in. Very short turnaround. Very short turnaround. Is Johnny DeSilvera not watching? I don't know. Johnny, if you're listening, shout oh, us out. I think he needed HBO. We I think he needed somebody to let him use an HBO Go. Uh, yeah. Someone give someone. Johnny's a nice guy. He won't he won't steal it and hack your. Uh, no. You know, hack all your 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 credit cards. All right, Keith. What is give them your HBO Go account? What does Wes have to say? Okay, uh, this is uh, this is not uh, this is like a female Wes. Just FYI. Okay, what's that um, short for? She says we may. I, I mean, she probably didn't want to use her whole okay. name, but it could be with Anthony. I don't know. With Anthony. Um, we, uh, she says name. last week we made a mistake uh, because the Curb episode when I said, "Hey, do you know who won an, an Oscar?" And you said uh, it was uh, it was the guy behind the desk, yeah, whose name was Jim Rash, and he won a uh, writing Oscar last week. And I said there was one Oscar winner in the episode. She says no. Mary Steenburgen also won an Academy Award for her role in the movie Melvin and Howard. She the, Wes is driving from El Paso to Phoenix, listening to our episode, and she and she had to stop and reply. She was so upset. Melvin and Howard. I've never even heard of that movie. Do you think she's tricking us? You know how you said you'd start tricking me more during during. <laughs> uh, did you write this Let episode? Me see. Uh, Melvin and Howard. Uh, so it is a movie from 1980, and Mary Steenburgen is in it. So okay, sure, we'll go. It's a comedy. Critical she reception. Won a best actress for a comedy. Yeah, you know, it was 1980. I don't think there were that many movies. You think there wasn't enough movies? So she, yeah, she won best supporting actress mm-hmm. for a comedy with like a six something on IMDb. That's insane. I've never even heard of this. Movie. Again, there were. It's like a long con where where 
where Wes also made up the Wikipedia page for this movie that we've never heard of? <laughs> it could be. I mean, there were probably like 100 movies in 1980. And how many movies are there now? 10 million. I mean, realistically. How many movies are Oscar eligible now? I mean... Let's say three a week, four three a week, a week? so 200 Probably more than that. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably closer to like 500 total. Uh, let's see. Oscar eligible movies 2016. Does it give us a like, no? You know what? It's way more. 336 like movies were eligible for Best Picture in 2016. That's actually that's not so many. Yeah, but you're probably right. It was probably like a hundred something. It was probably like two a week in, uh, in 1980. Does it say? Uh, hmm. And last year was 305. So 336 seems to be trending big in a big way towards uh, uh, you know a much higher number. Yeah, the, 19. You know. I don't think we're going to find the 1980 number because the internet didn't exist then. <laughs> Yeah, it was only 289 in 2014, so it's going okay, up. Okay, so we're really, it really trend, is low. So yeah, I think 120 up. is a good guess yeah. for 1980. Okay, all right. So, Keeve, then uh, Dominic writes in to say, if you were in Larry's position at the green light, would you give a reminder beep to a cop? And if not, how long would you wait there if you just never move? <sighs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a cop beeper. I wouldn't do it. Soon, don't you go around the cop before you beep them? Well, you can get in trouble for that, too, I guess. Yeah, so I, I'm not a cop beeper. Yeah, I think I would wait. I mean, Larry did not seem to be in a big hurry to go out there and look for Katie, the little sister. So I'm not sure. Couldn't Larry have said uh, either A, I'm looking for a missing person or B, I got the fatwa, so I don't want to be stuck at the light or, you know, I don't want to be stuck out here. And, and like, wh- why doesn't he even br- try to bring up the fatwa with Damon Wayans Jr.? Yeah, I think Larry could have handled the situation a lot differently. He's his own worst enemy. <laughs> if he wanted That's really, to. Yeah, right. the ultimate truth of the show. Right. Um, also Dominic adds in with big funk and little funk. I was wondering if Akiva would ever consider nicknaming his newest edition, little wheels, and he could be big wheels. No one in my family calls me wheels and most of them don't even know that that's my nickname. What about Keeve? Yeah, but I, then who's going to call them little Keeve? Hmm. Yeah. Cause then like my kids are saying my name. It's weird. Yeah. Cause like Keeve is technically my name. Wheels is just a funny nickname. Right. I call, I refer to myself sometimes as uncle Keevy. Yeah to my kids and my like my wife hates it so much but keith get this so my elvid mm. name would be reno and i'm going to reno oh so you're gonna be reno and reno this <laughs> week. that's pretty good yeah for anybody listen to this podcast you can call me reno if you see me in reno isn't reno like republican in name only or something like that <laughs> i don't know did i make that up i don't think i made that up <laughs> so that's an acronym also i don't think that's what the city yeah. stands for no, I don't think so, because that's an I and the city's an E. <laughs> What's Republican? And is that like sort of like slang for like a person that is like uh, has a uh, Republic like on the Republican ticket, but then uh, votes uh, for all sorts of like uh, like a, it's probably like the Republican who like would usually run for, uh, you know, like the New York City. Right. Mayoral office or something okay. like, that. Right. like in a in a more Democratic city more. or state. Reno. Boy, that's like uh, no. Uh, what website you're reading, Keeve? You're really like learning stuff. This is a good <laughs> podcast for you. You learned about milkshake tuck and and Republican name only this episode. Oh my Greg God. from Vancouver. Yes, he wants to know how much time has passed between this episode and the last. Ted Danson and Cheryl went to Hawaii, so it must have been at least a week and a half to two weeks, right? Fatwa hasn't died down. Yeah, it could be. And they could have gone to Hawaii beforehand because our theory was that this has been going on for a while. And now it's like so public that they're going to be in like Us Weekly because Ted Danson's famous. And so they have to tell Larry before it's like actually in the paparazzi or the media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, the timing seems about right. Uh, Antonio Mazzaro has a few questions. What does he want to know? 
He wants to know, do we feel that we got all there was out of the Buck Dancer costume or was it killed before it peaked? I just say I will miss it. I sort of started to enjoy the uh, Larry David costume. I was too, but I think it's is it the same joke for 10 straight weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of liked this exploration of Larry in the costume, Larry not in the costume, because I do think that maybe he had some sort of like superhero powers and it wasn't really explored on the show. But like we saw Larry really out of control at the hotel desk and in the kitchen, both times he was wearing his costume. Maybe like if he would have been talking about with uh, Leon or with Jeff, you know, hey, with this costume. I feel like I can really give people a piece of my mind and maybe it would speak to a little bit why Larry just seems so aggressive at points this season that when he wears the costume, he feels a bit removed from whatever sort of like uh, shame he might have as a yeah. person. That's not a bad. That's a good theory. So I liked that he's a sort of like, uh, you know, a little bit of like Spider-Man. Yeah. Antonio also wants to know, uh, he wants us to discuss where Sam and Rushdie falls in terms of non-entertainer curb cameos. Hmm. So he says Shaq and McEnroe are God tier. Uh, and then he added later, uh, Bill Buckner also God tier, which I agree with. <laughs> yeah. Non-entertainers. Oh, boy. Um, I'd have to see the list and watch some YouTube yeah, clips. I feel like that's a YouTube wormhole. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, right. Most of them are, are sort of Hollywood, Hollywood people, like other athletes. Yeah, obviously Shaq is Shaq is definitely uh, I think Buckner's number one. But the Shaq episode was really one of the one of the episodes that put the whole show on the map. Mm -hmm. OK, uh, and then Chester writes in to say, I wonder how far back the Larry David Rushdie relationship goes. Did Rushdie ever consider appearing on Seinfeld instead of Sal Bass? I suspect if I had to guess, Keeve. I bet mm -hmm. Salman Rushdie got introduced to Larry David after the Seinfeld episode. So they mentioned Salman Rushdie on Seinfeld. And then I'm sure everywhere Salman Rushdie went for years after that, people said, oh, like on Seinfeld. Sal Bass. Yes. Yep, yep. And then they ultimately I, like. I agree. Plus, I think the fight was too fresh. There's no way he could have done anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, Salman Rushdie has been married to a string of beautiful women. Uh, it appears as if Fatwa sex is a real thing. Uh, note that before she met me, Dr. Jen was warned by three different Jonathans to stay away from me. And we see how that worked out. What is he talking about? Three different Jonathans? I have no idea. <laughs> this is like some sort of like Bible passage of the three Jonathans all warned. Dr. I, think, Jen. I think three people warned her not to date him and they all happened to have the same name. And that's what Chester's writing. In. Who are the Jonathans? Are, are, like the, three different the, guys. The, the kids from Home Improvement? John, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Wait, weren't they all Jonathan, those kids? What about what about Colby Donaldson? Is He's not really like an entertainer, so to speak. He's a, he had a good cameo on Curve. <laughs> yeah. What about, He's on what about famous Jonathans? Who are the most famous Jonathans? Uh, besides Jonathan Penner? Uh, yeah. Well, JTT, you know, if there's any millennials listening or anybody listening at this point, do you like it's so hard to like you can't overstate how big like you'd have to almost be Bieber to be a JTT. What a fall from grace. The, you know, right. Peak home, like the peak home improvement days. Like that's how big he was. Right. Every single girl in America had his picture yeah. on their wall. So I, there was only one home improvement kid named Jonathan. Uh, the other ones were uh, Zachary, Ty, Brian and Taryn, Noah Smith. They all had three names, though. Yeah, I think the young one married a really old woman, like 20 something years older. Not there's anything hmm, wrong. Not with that. there's anything wrong with that. Right. Famous Jonathan's, according to famousbirthdays.com. 
Uh, Jonathan Brandis from Sequest DSV. I don't know why, but you and I discussed <laughs> yep. that show recently. Yes. He died, right? Jonathan Tay is the uh, – he, he is no longer yes. with us. He died in 2003. Yes. JTT, Jonathan Lipnicki. Yes, Lipnicki. That was the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, a couple hockey Jonathans, including Jonathan Quick, United States uh, hockey goalie, will not be in the Olympics because the U.S. Nobody's going to the Olympics. Jonathan Stewart of the Carolina Panthers. And not of the Daily Show. Uh, Jonathan Banks, who is um, Elizabeth Banks' dad. Name? No, I don't think he's Elizabeth Banks' dad, but he's Mike Ermintrout on uh, on uh, Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and Better Call Saul. Yes. So a lot of famous Johns, not that many famous Jonathans. Uh, they should have cast me and play Salman Rushdie. Uh. So this is a shocker from Chester. Yes. Elizabeth Banks is married to a guy who went to college. I, I think they're older than Chester. So they weren't there at the same time, but they went to Penn together and they met there. Max Handelman, a Jewish guy who is like, I guess he's a producer now, but he also wrote a book about fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So like really like he's a nerd, like all oh, like it's a it's a. Real like a boon for Jewish nerds out there. If you're in college, if you're in some Ivy League school, look around. You could marry like a movie star if you get lucky. Yeah, he does have a Wikipedia page. Um, uh-huh. And he's a producer. Yeah, he probably says Elizabeth Banks is uh, like a uh, stay-at-home husband. Yeah. Uh, is he, Maybe he's really good at fantasy football. Maybe is he like winning FanDuel every week? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> How do you he know? wrote the book in like 2005. Know? I bet he doesn't even play it anymore. <laughs> Why Fantasy Matters. Yeah. It's called All Fantasy Leagues Matter. That's a strange name. Elizabeth. Mm, well, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, like, Wait, I don't it? know. I don't know. No, what it, 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 why fantasy football matters. Uh huh. And our lives do not. Yes. He's a producer. He produced uh, Pitch Perfect one, two, and three. Yeah. I don't know. Can we follow this him on Twitter? Up. He only he doesn't have a lot of followers. Hmm. He used to write a Portland Trailblazers blog. Okay. I feel we could get this guy on next week if we want. Yeah. Again, she's never been the star of her own vehicle. You know what? I I feel like studios are like she needs a if she needs a juicier husband. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. That's my that might have been why she was trying to date Larry David. It's possible. So now it makes sense that it was Elizabeth Banks. You think she gets like uh, what's it called? What kind of list? I'm blanking on the name. Craigslist. Not Craigslist. Angie's list. list Where you get like five people. Not Angie's list. The fight. You get five people and you could. Uh, not a bucket list, but like a chain letter. These, you know what I'm talking about? Like no. these five people are a free pass. A hall pass. There's a better name. Larry David. Five hall passes. Yeah. Five, you got high, do you think Larry David's a hall pass? Oh, uh, boy. Do you think Larry David's on a lot of hall passes? <sighs> yeah. There's a certain person who likes Larry David. Okay. Certain type of person. Okay. But do you have a, do you have any hall passes, Rob? Um, that, so this is the, the question is that is there a list of women that my wife would let me sleep with? Uh, no, obviously not. Reaper- but if you had a whole like, who would it be? Um, of like a of a celebrity. I mean, this is like fictional, right? But does it have to be celebrities? Like, it can't be like the cute girl behind the counter. Yeah, I mean, that's not a hall pass. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> like, I mean, the idea is of the hall pass. It's like, okay, well, this person is so famous. If you ever got the opportunity to be in the same room with them, you would have to take it and you couldn't even get mad. That's the idea. It's like the neighbor isn't the hall pass. I do think social media is a, is a big hall pass sort of uh, equalizer where if you're like, let's say you're a woman, let's just right. say on Twitter, and you have a profile picture and you're, you know, a classically attractive woman right, right. you're a, you're a uh, I, I if you you know if you're hall pass i mean if you're hall passing Justin Bieber i'm sure he gets 10,000 of these a day right but if you're like hey i like this comedian who's coming to town next week right you have like a 50/50 shot you know what i mean like that's not a hall pass you li- like you, you it's just whether they respond to your dm or not and they're single yeah i would like to know from any of our listeners has any hall pass ever has that ever happened where somebody was on a hall pass and then they got mm. to meet that person and then the spouse said 
what can I do? That was my hood. That was the hall pass. That was the deal. So can I pitch you on an idea? Yes. What about the reverse reverse hall pass? Because if it was my wife and she'd be like, she loves Grey's Anatomy. So let's say it was like McDreamy and McSteamy. I don't know who's still on the show Mm -hmm. and suits. Okay. So it'd be like five actors from those shows. But I feel like that's like attainable. They're probably young people. Maybe you run into them. I'm I'm very curious to know where the reverse hall pass. So this is that that you have to have sex with one of the people, and then your wife <laughs> no, no, is no, jealous no, no. of you. No, no. Okay. Well, that would that's that's sort of like a double reverse. I think this is you, they get a hall pass, but you put the five names on the list. Hmm. Okay. So, the, so you're picking five celebrities that are on the list. But do they have to be celebrities? Like, can I pick like Screech and like? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have. To, yeah, they have to be celebrities, but they they can't be like the guy you know she hates down the block. But they could right. be right. And if and if and that would be a bad idea. Don't put don't put somebody that they hate because that's that's sort of like uh, yeah. it's like yeah, where there's smoke there's fire. That's that's on the list right. that we were discussing before. Um, but yeah, it could be Screech. It could be it could be like but why? Uh, but then what, what? So this is like the here's five people I know you won't want to have sex with. But if you get so right. de- like, why doesn't she just leave me then? That's, I wonder that every day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I think my idea yeah, is much more interesting. Yeah. Of that, these are the five the five people that uh that you could have that you could have sex with but there are and then she could just she would just be jealous of you ah okay and like let me know how it was because i'm into that guy <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> you could just say well can you blame me i mean yeah they're on your list right all right i think there's no jealousy also <laughs> okay all right keith uh but uh we really uh we explored it all today yeah we're like Clarissa, except I think she explained it all. Yes. Okay. Is, is she on somebody's hall pass? Melissa Joan Hart? Well, she's on everybody. She follows everyone on Twitter. So it's very easy to DM her. Mm-hmm. So very possible. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, definitely the situation that you described of a woman contacting a like male stand-up comedian uh, is one yeah. thing. Uh, but the the reverse is is definitely uh, do not do that. Do not uh, do don't not, do that. Like yeah, yeah, we're not, do we're not, not contact any female celebrities and tell them hey yeah, my- if you're a, if you're an attractive woman, <laughs> my wife says you're on the hall pass. So <laughs> just putting it out Which there. Is, no, definitely not. Definitely do not do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, there you go, Keith. What's the hashtag for this crazy episode? Oh, I had it in my head, but I didn't write it down. Yes. Okay. Uh, we had a good one. Yeah. Uh, we have a uh, Reno. We have Milkshake Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really good one before, but I'm totally blanking on it. Yeah, we have uh, we have Milkshake Ducked. M- milkshake Ducked with a. Oh no, no, no! I know what it is. It's it's Scruber. Scruber. That's our hashtag. Yeah, that's right. That's on a different yeah. page of my notes. Scruber. Capital U B E R. There you go. All right, Keeve. Well, well done. Uh, next week we'll be back. Uh, we don't. Did you see coming attractions? Do we know what's what, what's coming out next week? No, we just know that there's uh, Watley. It's Brian, Brian Cranston Cranston coming. It's going to be there. So, uh, should be a lot of fun. Hope we weren't too down on this week's show for anybody's taste. Uh, what's coming up on the Thirty Two Fans Podcast? Uh, we got uh, NBA preview and Week Six picks. Yes. Okay. Week seven picks. Well, it would be easy to pick week six because it happened. That there. would be well. Except then we don't know the Monday night game. Oh, good point. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll 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 predict the uh, the Titans uh, Colts game. Okay, <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre for editing uh, the fine curb post show recap. I am going to be on my way uh, to Reno. I'll be Reno in Reno coming up uh, this week. So uh, hopefully I'll have plenty of stories after we get back. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.